Uh, well, before we get into our episode, I'm really excited um, for what we're going to talk about today. It is also a celebration, Hannah. This is going to be the last episode of season one of the Thin Space Podcast. We're closing it out for season one. So we're excited for whenever you get to hear this. This is great. Um, we've had a lot of fun. We've we've talked about different ideas. We've heard different stories from people. We're, we're going to spend some time planning and strategizing for 2021, Who, what kind of guests we want to bring in and um, how we can continue to evolve our understandings of um, where God is leading us in our work here at Owenwood and the ways and opportunities that you can continue to stay engaged in that work. And so... Um, Episode 12 is going to be fun. It's going to be good, but it's also uh, a little sad that like, here we are the end of season one. Like, the Yeah, because I'll never see you ever uh, again. Otherwise, I'll see you again in January, Josh. Uh, Not later this week. Sorry, I'm sentimental. <laughs> the work that we've co-created. It has been really fun. It started out as like just an idea and then... I bought all the equipment. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that could be fun. And then Josh goes, great. I bought all the equipment. I spent it'll, hundreds of dollars on this equipment. It'll be here over the span of four weeks because of COVID, but it's coming. Yeah, it has been fun. Yeah, it has. I'm Hannah Sims. I'm Josh Esparza. And this is Thin Space, a place for conversations where the ordinary and sacred meet through spirituality, justice, and change. Uh, so last episode we dropped, we spent some time talking about the ways that, um, we show up for people, kind of the, the complexity of what that is. Um, and we talked about the ways that, um, sometimes people give and the ways that people do that either financially or, um, through like presence and on and active participation. Um, and we got some like feedback and we got some um, comments about some of the, the ways that we discussed that. And so I thought it would be helpful for us to just give a little bit of clarity on maybe some of the areas that we weren't um, really specific with and, and kind of also invite the conversation to continue, but provide some perspective of saying like, if you write a check, we don't care about you. Like that, that by no means is um, what I think we were trying to say. No. Like you're, you're, the money really does help. Like the money is essential to the work that's happening around the city of Dallas is essential to our work. We, we don't spend time developing funding strategies and North Texas giving day and all that stuff because it doesn't matter or it's not appreciated. But I think we were trying to shift the conversation and the intention away from just money. And I think some of that got lost in translation a little bit. Right. And I think what we were also trying to say is historically in the life experiences that you and I have had is that we have seen systems and sometimes especially churches say we're willing to help out, but we're actually only willing to do it in these ways. And I was speaking specifically to my experience growing up in a pretty conservative church of Christ. Hmm. Um, and I'm fairly critical of that like portion right, of my rightfully life. Rightfully so. Um, so. check previous episodes right, to right. figure out why. So I'm never, I'm never apologetic for being critical um, of those aspects of that church in particular. Um, but I am apologetic that maybe it came off as me downgrading other acts of service or mm. gifts, whether it's a monetary gift or a physical gift. That was never the intention. Totally. Yeah. Like that, that's not the role that we intended to play. That's certainly not the role that we think we have in any form of authority or um, position of power or leadership. And yeah, I mean, like, like you said, I also want to apologize because I think we, we were touching on some really interesting parts of the conversation. And I just think we weren't specific enough about the conversation. And it, it could have portrayed that like we were determining 
how one way of giving or participating in an organization's mission is better than the other. And um, I don't I don't think that's true. I don't think that um, if you are actively present, that is more valuable than than financially contributing to the work. Um, I think they both have gifts. I think one of the ways that I was trying to um, emphasize the, the tension with giving financially is that often it can be used as a shield to avoid engagement with the work rather than as a tool to propel the work. And when it's a shield that doesn't really um, move us to do something or to act or, or think differently, then I think that that money is still being used for good, but it, it is also hard that it is not a, there's no reciprocity in that exchange. It is just a, it, it's a gift. Yeah. I think it was a critique about the intent behind, behind what churches and systems do. Totally. Not necessarily the actual outcome and how it's being done, but the intent behind it. Yeah. And an invitation too, right? Like we, right. we don't want to be a place that just takes a bunch of money. Like you will never see my role being exclusively development and working on grants from United Way and trying to ring in hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like I will do that work because that work is essential to our programs and the in way that job. we, and I, yes, my job and the way that we engage in the neighborhood. But, um, I also believe like, if you really want to see and understand what our work is, like come join us when you are able, like what, I think what's really important for us to say as we're kind of wrapping up this portion is um, we are never going to ask more than what's what you are able or willing to give. Like, yeah. like that is really important. And we recognize that people have different levels and different limits and all that is um, recognized. It's understood and it's affirmed in that. And like the last thing we want to be able to, the last thing I want to do is say um, people who may have physical disabilities or physical limits, um, their work and their gifts are not as um, important or meaningful because they can't physically be present here. Like, especially now in the midst of COVID, we're really not allowing a lot of people to be here. We're doing it in small ways. We're doing it with a lot of safety regulations, but um, the doors are not just open for anyone to be present. So um, that that is certainly not what we intended to do. And I, I can understand how that came across. And so um, I hope everyone here said like, we care about your gifts. We care about your presence. We invite you into a broader conversation and engagement of the way that we show up for people, especially churches and nonprofits. Um, but there, there is no good or bad. Yeah. So. I agree. As we kind of touched on a little bit, we're, we're going to be spending some time with family over the next couple of weeks. Really, we've got Thanksgiving coming down the pike. We have uh, Christmas after that. And I think like that, that has a lot of different feels with it, right? Like whether you have a great relationship with your family and it's time that you enjoy, um, maybe you don't have a good relationship with your family and you don't have family to spend it with. Maybe you have chosen family. Um, I think there's all different ways, but no matter um, what your relationship is to the people that you choose to spend time with over the holidays, like it's going to look and feel way different this year because right. of COVID. Right. Yeah. We've had to tell our grandparents several times that like me and my immediate family will be together. And we're very excited about that because we haven't been able to see my brother since last uh, Christmas, but we won't be coming down for the big family gathering of 20 to 30 people just because of COVID. And is that still a plan? Like there are 20 or 30 people that are, are still going to do that? I believe so. Wow. That's my understanding of it. Yeah. So, but we just don't feel comfortable doing it. I won't participate in that right now just because I don't think that it needs to take place. Mm -hmm. um, 
but yeah, that's still still sad to not necessarily have Thanksgiving as as normal as it would have been any other year. Hmm. But yeah, you know, for me, not a whole lot is changing. I don't have any extended family really within the area, and so like Thanksgiving and Christmas are usually just like my family plus Victoria and. We just eat dinner or hang out or whatever. Um, actually, last Thanksgiving, we were in Newport Beach and we were surfing and uh, having all the fun outside. So those are actually that's my ideal Thanksgiving. Oh, it was awesome because we actually flew back to Dallas on Thanksgiving Day and the airport was fine, empty, and it, it was really easy to get back. Flights were cheaper. Like it, it was a great time. Um, so personally, I don't feel like a whole lot's changing for us. Yeah. But I do miss like, and I am kind of sad that like w- there are just ways that we connect with friends over the holidays that aren't going to happen this year. Right. right. Like we're, n- we're not going to do a big Friendsgiving. We had a Friendsgiving at the house last year for people at Owenwood. Um, like obviously that's not going to happen. It was fun too. It was fun. That's when I discovered you, you don't defrost a turkey and cook it in yeah. 24 hours. Who knew? Everyone else. Well, not me. <laughs> Here's the deal. I've cooked like frozen chicken before and it eventually becomes chicken. So I thought, How why can't I do that with a 20 pound turkey? Because it's 20 pounds. I understand that now. But now in the you moment, understand. So shout out to Man, Deleon Provisions for saving my butt on that one. Vic and I got so annoyed because it was like, this is such a classic example of how like Josh is like, Poor, not maybe not poor planning, but just like misinformation. De- definitely, maybe poor planning. A little bit of both. I'll give you both. Still oversight. Oversight, sure, oversight. It still worked out for you because someone was like, "Oh, I can basically take this over and just do it for you better than it would have been done in the first place." Allow me to oh, help. Oh, one hundred percent better. It was really good. It was really so. Uh, for those who need any turkey, I don't, and I don't even know if they're making this, but. Deleon Provisions, Cam and Terry Deleon here in East Dallas. Um, they're amazing. They do great catering. They were the heroes of Friendsgiving 2019. And, and they made the turkey. Not only the turkey, Hannah. That's, they provided this is the what's green so beans. This is what is so ridiculous. Green bean casserole. Uh, cornbread. It, it was all awesome. Oh, it was phenomenal. I froze some, the leftovers and I ate that like three months ago. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is still so good. <laughs> I'm having Thanksgiving in July. Like, it's great. I do feel like we don't give Thanksgiving food. Like, I want that year round. Like, I want a Thanksgiving feast in like March. Yeah. Why are turkeys only available in November? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that they are available other times of the year. Are they in short supply? I mean, if you go to Kroger, you're not going to just find giant frozen turkeys in the chicken aisle. I watched a mini documentary on like the Thanksgiving turkey industry and I don't. I don't know that I can do it this year. My family's going uh, camping, and so I don't, I don't know that. Biscuits instead. I'll have camping biscuits instead, but I don't know that a turkey will be prepared. I'll have to check in with my dad, see what the plan is. What's he going to do with the mini smoker? He does have some sort of smoker that he uses for camping. I do know that he got something. Hmm. I don't know if there's going to be a turkey in it. Fair. That yeah. seems like a big undertaking for just a few people depends on the size of the turkey if you get like a little 10 pounder anyways but that's like dinner and you, you make some eggs the next morning you got turkey and eggs and camping biscuits yeah i'm not into the let's find 
multiple ways to integrate these leftovers into different meals oh, for the next week. Sure. I would say after the day after. I'm, I'm not interested I need in a break it anymore. From turkey. Like maybe I'll, I'll, that maybe that's why we don't have it multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that maybe that's why. I don't I don't need it past lunch. What time do y'all typically eat a Thanksgiving meal? Uh, what time do the Cowboys play? Like five. Let me normally because they usually play like that late afternoon slot, so it's not always intentionally. There's that typing. The sound of the live live fact checking. Uh, we do not plan our meal around Cowboys, but three thirty. It does okay. Usually, we eat right before the Cowboys game, and then we allow the food to digest while we watch. Which basically is just for me and my dad, because my mom, sister, and Victoria hate football. So I'll sit and watch it. I usually don't find ways to watch it any other given Sunday, but on Thanksgiving, I'll sit and watch it. Just, just really living into the patriarchy on Thursday, on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. That's, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, let us accommodate you so you can be able to go watch the football game. Well, eat this. You you rest and watch the game. Thank y'all for kicking. We'll clean. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's good. And then you have dessert at halftime. That, that's what happens. Yeah, okay, so if the game is at 3.30, maybe we usually eat around 2 o'clock then. Maybe 2.30. Yeah. Who really needs to sit at the table and discuss things for more than an hour? It takes you an hour to eat Thanksgiving. No, maybe like, what do you think, minutes? half an hour? Yeah. That's what's so weird. You you put so much so effort. So much effort. There's only like ever two people doing all the cooking. For a 30 minute, maybe an hour meal, maybe. And then the cleanup takes forever. And then you've got Hannah who doesn't want any leftovers after that. Will you miss... Well, I guess if, you, if you've never done like the huge extended family Thanksgiving, Mm-mm. that's usually when I just give like my life report of here's what I've done since I saw you last year. Mm. So it's like a family reunion type of deal. Yeah, there's a lot of fam- extended family down there where my grandparents gotcha. live. There's really not much to report these days. <laughs> Haven't done much. You've been home. I've been home. You got COVID. I did not get COVID. Because <laughs> I'm refusing to participate in the giant gathering. <laughs> so here we are. Yeah, I mean, Thanksgiving is interesting. I'm curious to see how people engage with conversations around politics and just social issues this Thanksgiving. Like, my family will just not engage because they won't bring it up, which is fine. I won't bring it up either, and we'll just not talk about it. But I I do wonder how other people navigate that. Yeah, I texted my family last night when I was watching Joe Mm -hmm. Biden give his speech and was basically just like, I realize it's a... I'm very fortunate to have parents and a sibling who agree with me and think about the world in the same way that I do. Mm. So that's a luxury that I have. I realize not everyone else has that. Yeah, there were a couple of years ago where I had to tell my mom, we're just not going to talk about We politics. can't talk about it, yeah. Like, if we are, we're not coming over for whoever's birthday it was. It's just not worth it. It's not worth it. Why are we spending time arguing about this? Like, here we are. Yeah, and I think until everyone at the table is willing to say that in in situations where it is difficult, because we would have to have those conversations at our like extended family Thanksgivings mm-hmm. to where like, if you're going to bring it up, this portion of the family, we just simply won't show up because yeah. we can agree to disagree on some stuff. But what I can't agree to disagree on is like fundamental views of devaluing people's worth and I won't I won't be willing to participate in those conversations mm-hmm. even if it means not showing up to family gatherings 
Yeah, and I'm wondering, I hope people will choose to make that that really hard decision for, for sure. themselves. That like your personal self-care and mental wellness is more important than the family feeling. And if you don't feel safe or if you don't feel comfortable or the people you are going to go spend time with cannot respect the fact that you don't want to have those conversations. And, you know, I would say like it is in your best interest not to go. And like they're probably going to be mad. But here's the deal. People don't like boundaries when they're held according to it. Like that's why they're boundaries. Like, yeah, who likes that? You know, if if it felt good, everyone would just do it and there wouldn't be any problems here. But I I, I do hope that that happens for people because I know there, there are people who go and like because they care about their people so much, they will go and put themselves in that predicament. And then they are the people who are paying the long term for weeks on end, the emotional collateral damage that causes and, and like your family has no idea. And or it's they time don't for care. Christmas. Right. And then you got to do it over again. So you're like, well, great. Here we are again. Well, yeah. And just acknowledging like the holidays are like sure, great and wonderful for some people, but for some people it's really exhausting and very lonely and very taxing emotionally, physically, mentally. So, mm-hmm. and I think especially right now with COVID, like, you know, I, I can't imagine families are really looking forward to large gatherings three weeks and, of yeah. Christmas break with their kids. Right. Like he's like, you've had your kids this whole time. It's been really hard. Right. You're trying to give them the energy and the attention they need. You're trying to teach them also do your work. And like now they don't have school. They just want to have fun. They want to see their friends. And you're also used you to have to work it. Cause like, that's life. We have, we don't get three weeks off anymore. Man, college was great. Um, and so like that, that doesn't make it any easier. And, right. and I get, I, I do know that like parents love the exchange that they have with their kids around holidays. And like we've talked about with our parents, like they, they love to love us in the ways that they think is best and show us that they care. And I think all those things are true, but I also think like there's stress that comes with that. There's some anxiety that comes with that. And it's also just hearts and recognize that this level of engagement with family is going to be off right altogether since it's the last episode of season one of the thin space podcast Mm. let me ask you this josh uh where have you experienced a thin space this week and where do you feel like you'll experience one over the holidays You're, you're gonna put this week in here yeah, I'm going to put this week in here. This past week, if you consider Sunday the beginning uh, of the week. Um, so I sent out an email on, I think it was Wednesday. Was it Wednesday? Yeah. Just processing some of the things I'd been feeling after the election. And obviously votes were still being counted and all that kind of stuff. Um, like the Owen Wood newsletter that you send out every week. Correct. That email? Uh, it was like, it was everyone who subscribed to the yeah. newsletter gets it, got that email this week. Um and really just kind of talked about how I was feeling. But as I pulled up to the property on Wednesday morning, um, there was a group full of three or four people that were outside on the farm. I talked to Susie Marshall, who's <clears throat> the executive director of Grow North Texas. And she was talking about how they were getting ready to dig up sweet potatoes, all the ones that they had planted. And I had sweet potatoes at our house. So I was like, oh, I'm curious to see like how it went. So I go out there and they're just pulling out tons of sweet potatoes they were massive and, too. and massive sweet potatoes and it was a culmination of a lot of work right like it was like these farmers were really excited about what was happening we had volunteers who had never been out on our farm before and they were working in the dirt and like we were collectively celebrating their discoveries and the work and the labor that's been put in over months of watering and care and 
keeping them alive and um the garden also looks so good right now it looks really good like it's huge and that's just been like people who have been committed to like watering and thinning it out and making sure it's got the attention that it needs and like that was a really like healing moment that morning that i really needed like i needed to be reminded that even in the midst of all the chaos that we've had, even in the midst of political policy instability, and even in the midst of everything that's happening, like the work that we're doing right here in the ground, in the dirt, um, is coming to create something new and it's good. And we have people, both friends and strangers participating in this work because they believe in it. Mm. Um, and like that, that was really like rejuvenating for me this week. That's cool. Yeah. So I put that in the email. Try to try to give some people some hope that I liked the email. Thank you. The sweet potatoes were impressive. <laughs> what about you, Hannah? Uh, it was very nice. City Square gave us off on Tuesday, mm. which was nice to it's like. Even though we knew we probably weren't going to get results, and even though I had voted early, it was nice to know. A, I work for a place that like values and sees purpose in having election day as a holiday for its mm-hmm. employees. And just like having the day off was very nice. I uh, hung out with two of my very best friends and spent the day with them. Um, just kind of a, a perfect day. Didn't look at my phone, didn't get mm. on social media, was, tried to be as present as possible. Um, and it was just like this nice moment of realizing I'm very fortunate to have people in my life, my family, and also my best friend too see the world the way I do, value justice and equity and want to see those things as much as I do. Totally. Yeah. We definitely needed that on Tuesday. Yeah. For the holidays, I'm very much just looking forward to spending time with family, seeing my brother. He gets Mm -hmm. in on Thursday. I haven't seen him since Christmas. So Coming in from LA. He's coming in from LA. That's exciting. And he'll be here through kind of the end of the year. That's awesome. A very unexpected, fun surprise that we get a couple of months with him after not seeing him for a year. Give you a W yeah. for 2020. Fine. We, Close we out well. Come on. We needed it. Yeah, I think I'm just looking forward to some rest. Things have been chaotic and stressful, and I'm super behind on my ordination paperwork and projects and all that kind of stuff. So all that's due December 18th, so I've got to have it done, and uh, I'm looking forward to, to just being able to breathe a little bit and not deal with everything else yeah so we'll see what happens but we'll be back for a season two 2021 2021 we'll be back it can only go up from here that's true thin space is recorded at owenwood farm and neighbor space in far east dallas you can find us on instagram at thin space pod and learn more about our work at owenwood.org don't forget to hit subscribe to stay up to date on all our content this episode was mixed and produced by brady dubose